welcome to 10,000 Foot View Podcast, where you can find tools, ideas, and insights from some of the best performers from the field of business, art, sports, entertainment, coaching, neuroscience, and much more. That will give you the perspective you need to break through and unlock the next level in your mindset, creativity, business, and life. This is Monjyoti, the host of this podcast. I have an obsession for deep transformation. And I'm on a mission to help professionals and individuals unlock their true potential in life and business in a way that maximizes their overall sense of aliveness. Welcome to 10,000 Foot View podcast. We have with us Jen Edwards. Jen is an intuitive healer based in Leeds, UK, but helping people all around the world with remote energy healing. She helps you to release old emotional baggage that never served you and that may be contributing to your emotional, mental and physical symptoms. Jen, welcome to the show. MJ, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much. Uh, before we begin, I must mention that uh, the work that you did on me was uh, immensely liberating. I, I feel so much better already. And I really appreciate uh, what you what you do and what you've done for so many individuals across the globe. That's lovely. Thank you. Thank you. Um, let's let's dive into your past. You mentioned about uh, how being adopted caused you to create this mother wound in your heart and to believe that you were never good enough. And that led you to have low self-esteem for most of your life. And all, it also created huge difficulties and resistance to making money for most of your life because i think low self-esteem arising from your past is something that many people struggle with and that that impacts different aspects of their life including money money is a major component so i think many people will resonate so if you can throw some light on that okay well thank you Uh, I'll try to throw some light. I think it's all a bit murky, really, because I believe that our emotions and our feelings are completely non-rational. They are non-linear. They are non, you know, you can't control them. You You can't change your feelings. And so my feelings were when I was adopted and let me be very clear I was adopted into a wonderful loving family. I was so very blessed and lucky. And I had a parallel existence, if you like, for much of my life. I had the one existence where I was this lucky kid. I used to refer to myself as the luckiest kid on the block Mm -hmm. because I really believed I was because I was adopted into this amazing family. So I had this reality of being lucky and wonderful family and lots of love and many good things in my life. And on the other side, I had the reality of this deeply suppressed yearning for my biological mother, this feeling of never being good enough because if if you're not good enough for your mother, who are you good enough for? And I had these horrible images of me being this awful baby who she couldn't love and she couldn't keep. And, and so, of course, these were images that and, and, 
a narrative, if you like, that I built into my internal dialogue before, I think before the age of seven, you know, the studies that they've done indicate that we are in a in an almost meditative state with our brains. I'm not sure if it's a theta brainwave up until the age of seven where we are just mm -hmm. like this blank slate, which was written right. upon. And right. I wrote the story, the narrative that I wasn't good enough. And that then manifested for me. I never spoke about it to my adopted parents because I felt deeply ashamed that I felt this way. I was so I felt I was so ungrateful to feel this way. And why would I feel this way? And not rational, it's not logical. It wasn't something I had any control over. It was just how I was. And it carried me through you know, these feelings of low self-esteem. Um carried me through my teenage years, my into adulthood, and I had enormous issues with anger. I had mm. issues with um, just not being good enough. And so, of course, in my teenage years, I acted out. I did the drugs. I did the alcohol. I did the, you know, just behaving awfully mm -hmm. and bringing a lot of grief to my parents, to my shame. You know, when I think about it now, I'm, I'm deeply sorry but that's how it was, and I, I kind of bumbled my way through life. And and the thing that happened for me when, when the, the, you asked when I started noticing the manifestations, if you like, of not enough money was was the, uh, uh, right from the get go when I was first left when I first started working. I and all of my working career until I was until I started working with this. In my 50s, my entire working career, I would always be working for a company or I would be working as a consultant. And I would always find that other people in the department or other consultants on the same job were getting paid more. And mm. I think it's because, I think it was because um, my my narrative, my, my belief system about myself was that I wasn't good enough, I wasn't worthy, I wasn't deserving. And so when I would apply for a job, I think I would apply for the lower end of the salary scale, thinking, oh, well, I won't get the upper end anyway. And when I was consulting and, and I was quoting for consultancy work, I was always too scared to quote too much. But I always felt that I, I wouldn't get it. And and that was something that my entire life I had just real money issues. And, and I think the link there is that money is freedom, money is power, and I felt I had, I think all of my life, I felt I had no lack of control. I had no control over my circumstances, my no choice about being adopted, about being given away. I, I felt completely, I felt that I had no control. I felt I had no freedom to make choices. And I had low self-esteem, which meant that I had no value. And, and I linked my value to money, mm. which is not true. I mean, we're not worth money we're, we're worth we are we're just because we are we are worthy yes. god made us and, and we are worthy it's nothing to do with money yes but my whole life it was about money and and that was my my narrative of the reason i wasn't getting enough money was because i wasn't good enough and of course it played out in other ways as well it played out in relationships it played out in applying for jobs it had played out in 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 all of my reality was I just wasn't good enough. 
Wow. And when did you start to, and when, when did you spot that, uh, um, your low self-esteem was coming from, you know, uh, your, your, you not being, you being adopted, you know, you being discarded from your, you being discarded by your biological parents. Did you, did you knew, knew that all along or you spotted that? Oh, that's, that's the root of my feeling. That's the root of my low self-esteem. When did you spot that? I think I, so for many years, I, in fact, until my late fifties, I did not acknowledge that I had mm. a problem with being adopted. Mm. I did, I'd never recognized that I had a problem. I used to talk about it completely openly. And when people said, oh, shame, you're adopted, I used to get quite annoyed because I felt, why are you sorry for me? Mm. I, you know, I was such a lucky kid. So I never really recognized. I think I was an absolute master of pushing my feelings away, of pretending my feelings didn't exist. Mm. I noticed in my teens, there was a time when I was in my teens where I can remember I have a memory of journaling and writing and saying, writing to my mother and saying, why didn't you want me? And then I kind of put it all away again and I didn't deal with it. And then in my 50s, I was about 55, I met a financial advisor and I was talking to the financial advisor about money. And he said something to me, and I can't remember what it was, but it triggered an emotional response in me, and I got a bit trembly-lipped. And he said to me, and this is now such an interesting lesson in making assumptions about people, this financial advisor, 45 or 50-year-old financial advisor, said to me, well, you know, I go to a healer. Would you like me to give you her details? And I was absolutely astonished. I was really astonished. So I took the details and I went to the healer and I said to her, I want to work on my money story. I don't, I can never make money. Money is very hard for me. And I never, I feel like I don't have enough money and I would like to manifest more money. And she put her fingers on my wrist and she said to me, who abandoned you? And that then was, uh, astonished me. It absolutely astonished me that she should say that. And that then was when I started working on my mother wound. I started working on abandonment. I started working on overwhelm and love unreceived and all the feelings that I had. But until then, I'd never really recognized that I had a problem. I had a mother wound. It was only later that the word mother wound came into my experience and I started to realize I do have a mother wound and I wanted to heal it. Okay. Okay. And how did you start transforming it? I started transforming it by working with the healer, but I also mm -hmm. started transforming it myself mm -hmm. by doing EFT tapping, which is mm -hmm. a modality which is very widely recognized throughout the right. world. And it's a very simple thing to do. There's loads of information on the internet about it. You can access it very, very easily. So I didn't work with a practitioner. I just used it myself. And I also started, uh, you know, they say that when, when the pupil is ready, the, the teachers appear. And right. it was absolutely true for me. People started appearing in my path and doors started opening. Once I recognized that I had a problem and that I needed to deal with 
my feelings about myself, which were lack of love and lack of appreciation towards myself, lots of anger towards my mother, my unknown mother, um, lots of resentment. I Once I realized there was a problem, people started appearing in my path. And a friend of mine said to me, she had started working with something called the Emotion Code, and she lent me the book, the book by a man called, uh, he's a retired chiropractor, an American called Dr. Bradley Nelson. He wrote a book called The Emotion Code. And I started reading the book, and it really resonated with me very deeply. And what he did was he spoke about, in the book he speaks about, the fact that we have emotions which we are unable to cope with, we have big feelings which mm. we can't deal with. We don't know how to deal with them. We don't have the emotional capacity or our lives are too busy and we're just getting on with things and we're not thinking about stuff. And he said, we push these emotions away. We shut ourselves down and we refuse to acknowledge them. And I started to recognize myself in that description. And I started to work with the emotion code on myself to release the big feelings that I was carrying, all the emotional baggage mm -hmm. that I was carrying in my tissues and organs. And as I did, I started to transform. I started to feel happier. I started to feel I started to feel less anger, less resentment. Mm -hmm. I even noticed some physical things that I had, some like I would get a pain in my hip sometimes or that that disappeared. I would sometimes have a pain along the side of my leg, down from my leg, from my thigh down to my ankle. I would have a pain like where your jeans are, where you have the seam of your jeans. I would have like this line of discomfort. And I, that disappeared. Um, I became a lot happier. And you know what? MJ, money started to come to me. <laughs> Lovely. Because it's yeah. all connected. Yeah, it's all connected. And I think because I was powerless i felt powerless and i felt uh... yes yes um so one of the things uh, from what you said one of the things that i noticed is uh many of us we don't acknowledge the problem and we don't put out the intention that i want to resolve this because we think that we won't know what to do but just mere acknowledgement and putting the intention out there that I want to move past this is, is in itself so powerful. And that itself starts to attract things and experiences and people that'll, that'll help you with your request and just putting the intention out there. Uh, because, um, and people don't do that because they think that they need to know the answer right away, but they don't. Just acknowledge a problem and put out the intention that I want to resolve this. That itself is huge. You don't have to know the answer right away. That, I, op that opening yes. is so powerful. And people don't do that because they don't have the answer, but they don't need to have the answer. You know? Yes, yes. yes. I, believe, I believe in that completely. I agree with that 100%. I also feel that it's like I often I often relate myself to saying I was like an alcoholic. I wasn't an alcoholic. I never drank. But I I believe that until you are able to recognize the problem, you cannot start to deal with it. 
Yes. And, and like being an alcoholic. And my problem was having a mother wound. And I always denied that I had a mother wound. Mm. Um, and I found that in my 50s, I got to a place in about 55, 56, where I was saying, you know, I don't like who I am. I don't like my outcomes. I hate the fact that I never, never have enough money. But I didn't know what to do. And, and the thing is that because, I, as you say, I acknowledged the problem and thought, you know, I need to deal with this. That's when the financial director said, the financial advisor said, hey, I have the, the these are the details of a healer. And then uh, through the healer, I met a coach and I met a spiritual mentor. And those people, I started working with them. And it's baby steps, you know, it's every yes. day. It's little things, little things, little yes. things. And as I worked on, I started, my coach had me do the most funny thing. She had me... Um, she said to me, I want you to get four candles and I want you to light four candles and put them in your home all together on a plate or in a space. And they are four candles. One is for your mother, one is for your father, one is for your mother, and one is for your father. And I want mm -hmm. you to bring them into your home. And I believe for me, and that was hard for me to do, I didn't want to do that. and But I did it. And I believe that that was the process, the beginning for me of forgiveness and the beginning for me of gratitude because I started to feel grateful towards my biological parents, which I had never done before. I started to realize, you know, my mother could have aborted me. She could have just aborted me. She didn't. She gave me the gift of life, and she also gave me my adoptive parents. She gifted me with Monica and Brian, who were the parents who loved me and who raised me and who I think are my parents of my heart. They're my soul parents. I believe that. And um, I started to acknowledge to my biological mother that, yes, I have a, a gratitude towards you. I have a debt of gratitude. And I started to working towards forgiving her and also to forgiving myself because I hated her, but I hated me too. You know, it was all wrapped up in this horrible knot of confusion and overwhelm and powerlessness and gratefulness yes. and right yeah. yes 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 now it goes many layers right um we can forgive someone else and then we might not have forgiven them in the past and we need to forgive ourselves for not being able to forgive right yes that's a that's a very critical piece and we miss that sometimes but it's very 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 important um yes because we are all uh, we're all learning and uh, forgiveness is crucial and gratitude i think is uh, yeah i mean gratitude is uh, uh, putting focus on what's positive about a situation and what you focus on expands mm. it become, yes. becomes becomes uh, part of your world it's, uh, it's 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 very interesting and do you believe that um, the work that you do right now um of helping people, it actually came from the challenge that you had experienced for such a long time, you know, in trying to overcome that challenge, you acquired certain skills. And those skills are enabling you to be of service in a very powerful way. Uh, yes. To, to so many people across the globe. So I think many a time, you know, when people go through things, 
And in the process of overcoming, uh, they may acquire some skills. They may acquire a capacity, which is beyond, you know, beyond beyond the normal range. But it actually it, it gives them certain certain skills that helps them to help others in a way that's very unique or very profound. You know, sometimes I think that's the that's the case. Yes, I think so too. I think that, so the gift that I was given was the gift of working with someone who showed me that there was a possibility because as soon as I started working with the healer that I, that I'm, that the financial guy told me about, I started to notice shifts in my thinking. I started to notice shifts in my feelings about myself, about my inner dialogue. So when I then read the, the book about I've told you about the emotion code and started working on myself. I, I noticed, I, I just, my world transformed. Things changed for me. My, my, my inner world changed. And because my inner world changed, my outer world changed. I had different expectations. I had different, I showed up differently in the world. And so the world showed up differently to me. And mm -hmm. from being a person who had previously been glass half full, I mm. now became, no glass half empty mm -hmm. and I became a glass half full person and right. and it just everything changed for me and because of those changes and because I think I I believe I honestly believe that we are all carrying wounds mm -hmm. I, I think that many of us don't want to deal with it and many of us can't deal with it mm -hmm. but I think that we I think many many of us are carrying wounds from our childhood and from yeah. our adult adolescence and whenever and I think that I now I think because of my acknowledging of my pain and the fact that I now believe I acknowledge that pain and I I thank that pain because that pain brought me to a place of learning how to forgive. It brought me to a place of gratitude and and it brought me to a place where I can serve others. It brought me to a place where I can do for others what what I've done for myself and also what was done for me by the healer. It's brought me to a place of being a healer myself and being a person who can serve others by healing their wounds and yes. helping them move forward. And that's such an amazing gift. I mean, that was nothing. It was not on my horizon ever until I started my own changing, my own transformation. Right. Um, th yeah, that's that's powerful, you know, turn your mess into a message or a gift. Yes. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. yes. Usually there is a there is a gift uh, underneath a challenge. Uh, but challenge is a price that we pay to get the gift sometimes. Mm, yes. Anyway, um, that that brings me to my last question. What's a uh, What's a 10,000 foot view perspective that you would like to share with the listeners? I think it is have trust and faith in the process. And I believe that we are all being guided along a path in our lives where there's something that we need to learn. And I think that we just have trust and faith that this will be revealed to us and there'll be a place where we will be able to learn that lesson and to transform 
a part of ourselves and to become the person that we're meant to be. Perfect. Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, and for people who want to work with you, um, they can they can find you on your website, I believe. Yes, I have a website and the address. May I give you the address? I have it. I think you have shared it okay. with me. And, Thank you. Uh, and yes, I'm, I'm going to put that on the show notes. And yes, so people can work with you directly one on one. And you also have a you have a con container five day belief transformation healing container. That's uh, five days, five days of uh, healing. Mm -hmm. Okay. That, okay. Okay. That's, that's another program that you have. Sounds like a powerful one. Thank you. Because I, because I just did five minutes and that was quite, quite profound. <laughs> I'm wondering <laughs> what five days would do. <laughs> <laughs> Blow your mind. Thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So thank you. Thank you, Jen. Thank you so much for your time, for for so much of value that you offered. Uh, I'm sure you know the listeners are going to take so much out of this. And I had a blast personally. And thank you so much. Thank you, MJ. Thank you for, thank you. for it's been lovely talking to you. Thank you. And thank you for allowing me to help you. Thank you so much. Thanks to you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of 10,000 Foot View Podcast. I want to congratulate you for honoring yourself by standing out and investing in your personal growth and taking this step towards your next breakthrough. I would love to hear your thoughts about this episode. Do check out the show notes on the description for the details of the show along with links and offers. It would mean a world to me if you could leave a review about this episode in Apple. Before I head off, I want to remind you that you are extremely special and you have gifts and talents that you can use to unleash your best version and you are just one perspective away from unlocking your next level. I believe in you. 